This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband. From closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds, we talk with technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, we're going on a worldwide adventure, courtesy of those behind what's been dubbed the Great Empatico Expedition. Learn how this free program empowers students and teachers from more than 160 countries to explore the world, creating experiences that spark curiosity, kindness, and empathy for others. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson, and today we're talking with Travis Hardy, Director of Programs and Partnerships for Empatico, and Annie Cleary, who serves as Empatico's Senior Manager of Partnerships and Outreach. Welcome, Travis and Annie. We are excited to talk to you about what you're doing. Um, I'm going to begin with you, Travis. Let's set the stage for our listeners and explain what Empatico is itself. It was founded by the Kind Foundation. What was the goal or purpose of setting up this program? Yeah, so if you think about all of the divisions we see in the world today, both politically, digitally, economically, on social media, um, you know, at Empatico, we like to say we're playing the long game and in investing in a building a more empathetic future generation with a greater understanding of others, regardless of their location, and, and do that by giving kids everywhere the opportunity to meet and make friends with someone who they may not otherwise have the opportunity to meet, um, which is really consistent with the pr- principles of our founder, Daniel Lubetsky, and the Kind Foundation, where we've been incubated to build bridges and foster conversations across lines of difference. And when Empatico was founded in 2017, we saw that there were already so many teachers out there who were invested in this idea of connecting their students globally, but that everything in that process was totally disjointed and very frictionful. And teachers would have to go to Twitter and say, hey, I'm a fourth grade teacher in New York. Does anyone in Spain want to connect? And then once they finally found someone to connect with, they'd have to figure out how they would plan and schedule across time zones, what video tool they would use to connect, what they'd talk about and in what language, and how they would fit all of this into their curricular requirements. So what we did was spend months working with and learning from these educators who were the pioneers in this space. And we built an all-in-one free technology platform where we use a matching algorithm based on educators' location, the ages of their students, their availability during a school week for a live video conversation with another classroom, maybe some of their curricular interests, and then their language preferences for English or Spanish um, to help them find a partner class. And then once those two partner classes have been paired off, they get access to a shared dashboard where they have all of the messaging tools to communicate with one another and plan together, uh, the built-in live video chat functionality, lesson plans and educator resources to support the exchange and help them fit that into their school day and curriculum. Um, And then they use that space to connect with each other throughout the year um, and give their kids opportunities to connect over, over video. And now we're in 161 countries with over 20K teachers, fully onboarded onto the platform. And and you mentioned um, that teachers were really trying to do this on their own. And there are teachers 
as you as we all know, already are struggling with trying to meet their needs. So they were already reaching out. So why was that? Would they was it because they wanted to build these relationships with other kids and let kids see other places, or what was that that you were finding from these teachers? I think that was the the main piece was the that ability to see what life was help their kids see what life was like in other places. Um, and expand their bubbles and meet kids from other states within the U.S. or within other countries. Um, we found that some teachers were doing it more to practice a language or, or learn a new language with authentic language speakers, and then others who were really interested in it for the social-emotional learning piece of, of practicing communication skills and building empathy. And I mentioned earlier that you're Empatico's Director of Programs and Partnerships. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about your background and how that affects that. Um, you spent five years in New York City Mayor's Office for International Affairs, acting exec- Executive Director for New York Global Partners. And in that role, you led program and curriculum development for Global Partners Junior, a virtual exchange program empowering nine to 13-year-olds to collaboratively solve urban challenges. And I wrote next to that note, how cool is that? Um, And you also co-created the city's uh, NYC's Junior Ambassadors Program to better leverage the United Nations for NYC youth, which is pretty also pretty cool. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how that background and really informing how you're handling or approaching what you're doing with Empatico. Definitely. I think um, maybe first, prior to any professional experiences, I think about my own personal journey growing up in very rural Tennessee. Uh, And on the one hand, I didn't have a lot of opportunities to meet others that were who were that different from me, whether racially, economically, or language. Um, but on the flip side, growing up as a closeted gay kid there also felt that felt quite isolating and confusing at times. But then as a university student, I attended a very large state school and had opportunities to study abroad and work abroad in France and Ghana and all of these educational opportunities enabled me to both find community with like-minded people and also see and understand different life experiences. And so all of that really brought me to the field of international education, um, which I studied at NYU for my master's degree. And then that's when I joined the team in the mayor's office for international affairs and where I first encountered the field of virtual exchange um, and the global partners junior program that you mentioned. And I saw that as a real opportunity to take the types of experiences that I had studying and working abroad and bring them to scale, ideally in more equitable equitable ways um, through these virtual types of connections. And when you're talking about empathy and things like kindness and curiosity for others, some of your past experience and some of those difficulties that you mentioned that I wasn't aware of until just now that you um, probably have a unique point of view when with other people who may be going through difficult or, or challenging moments in their lives, especially young people, do you feel that that makes you approach things a little differently? I think so. I mean, I think it's what drew me to the mission of Empatico and helping kids find community with others and to see that they're not alone. And I think we feel that more than ever in the last year and a half. Um, but also to to be curious and open to difference and really embrace differences. Yeah, I would applaud that. We it's important for us to be curious and to understand each other because there are different perspectives 
that um, can inform our lives and make them more full. That's my own personal take on it. Um, Something on the Empatico website really struck me. It said, quote, "Um, imagine if children everywhere could discover what life is like for other children around the world. That's just a wonderful way to state the embodiment of this organization. And of course, that would not be possible without developing partnerships. So I want to turn now to you, Annie, and your role as Senior Manager of Partnerships and Outreach. Um, you previously served as Director of Development for the Partnership of for After School Education, uh, built partnerships and community-based or- with community-based organizations, higher ed institutes, corporations, and more, all to improve the quality of after-school programs for young people in New York City. Share how that informs or may guide some of your work that you're now doing on a global scale. Absolutely. Thank you, Jessica. My role at PACE was all about relationship building. So while PACE, the Partnership for After School Education, operates locally, providing professional development to New York City's after school educators, New York City has a massive after school system with thousands of multicultural organizations. And PACE served as that connector and convener of this network, bringing all these partners, educators, organizations, cross sector thought leaders together around a common goal, which was improving opportunities for young people. And in Patico, I'm able to use these same relationship building skills, the basic building blocks of all of this to deepen and expand partnerships with like-minded organizations that share Empatico's vision and also share our commitment to empathy and bridge building, but on a global scale. And were you and Travis, were the two of you, did you know each other before this came together? I'm just making this connection that you're both in the New York City area. Um, and I don't know why I didn't make this when I was doing my research, but did you two know each other beforehand or did you come together with an Empatico? Funny story. We did, in fact, know each other. Um, Travis actually went to graduate school with one of my college roommates. So I met Travis years ago through this mutual friend. We traveled to Tulum together <laughs> ages ago, um, and it was through a LinkedIn connection that actually I saw this this job opportunity. So happenstance, the friends you meet along the way can turn out to be wonderful coworkers and partners later in life. And it's really true. And then using the internet then to connect for the position. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, and, and Annie, you also served, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate the importance of this one. Uh, you serve on the board of directors of not another child or understate the importance of this. I'm sorry. It's a grassroots organization, organization working to prevent gun violence and support those who have experienced a traumatic event. Before we get into more of what Empatico does on a global scale, I know if, if, if you're in 161 countries, it's not hard to imagine that in some of those countries, there some of these children may have experienced trauma or they may be places of conflict that type of thing. Am I making too much of a leap or is there a connection in some of your experience with dealing with that? How you approach perhaps working with classrooms that are in these types of places? Not a leap at all. I think sadly, children, families, educators all over the world are faced with trauma. And these aren't isolated or unique experiences. I think over the past year, also the concepts of child trauma have become even more universalized and easier to understand. So it's not just places of conflict or refugee camps. We've all faced a global pandemic. And although we've been impacted differently, there's no denying that children everywhere have suffered. And it's why I feel so passionately about building empathy and social emotional skills. Not another child in particular was founded by an incredible woman, Arisa Napper-Williams, after her son was killed, a victim of a stray bullet that came from a gun held by a 15-year-old. Truly unimaginable. 
but Arisa channeled her own grief into this organization, and now she dedicates her life to helping families and community members and mothers like herself know that they're not alone. She runs peer support groups for mothers and families so they can also channel their loss into what she calls good grief um, and helps families create lasting legacies for their loved ones. But Not Another Child also runs youth programs led by Arisa's son, Justin, that helps to build empathy and bridge divides to prevent other another child from picking up a gun. It's powerful. <laughs> it's heavy work, but it gives me real hope because incredible people are out there doing the work that may seem small and localized, but those can have ripple effects throughout the world. Arisa was just one grieving mother who opened her arms to mothers across the country and now advises federal policy. But in Patico, I want I hope want to help our young people develop a heart like Arisa's to extend a hand to a stranger in need and to have these difficult conversations and build a more empathetic world. Well, it sounds like you both have a strong um, background for what we're going to talk about now, which is appropriately called the Great Empatico Expedition. I love the name. I just want to say it as I walk around the house. <laughs> uh, Travis, give us a summary of what this expedition is, is, which is about to take off. At this recording, we're in early September. It takes off next week or the week after. Is that correct? That's right. Late last spring, you know, as we were thinking about all the challenges that educators and kids have faced in the last year and a half, you know, as we've been talking about trauma, wanted to think about ways to support them in the school year ahead to process what we've all been through and continue to experience um, and see that we're all part of a global community experiencing this together, um, but also provide really joyful moments of genuine connection with others. And so we're doing that through, uh, as you said, the Great Empatico Expedition, which will look sort of visually like a, a virtual game board with different worlds that represent social emotional skills. So for example, Friendship Forest, Identity Island, Kindness Kingdom, Gratitude Gorge. And so when an educator clicks into these different worlds, they'll find a ton of activities and resources that are all meant to help educators infuse empathy and empathy-related skills uh, into their classroom and all subject areas from STEM to social studies, ELA, art, general social-emotional learning. Um, And whether that's through in-class short bite-sized activities or through more virtual exchange experiences that they can do with a partner classroom somewhere, whether that's through live video or through asynchronous sharing of of student work. And then additionally, Empatico previously was available for students ages 6 to 11, but we'll be expanding to middle school with this program as well. So we'll be covering all of elementary and middle through the expedition. So share with you, you keep saying uh, virtual exchange, which I'm I'm taking to mean that you, instead of um, just talking via, you know, the old fashioned pen pal, it's actually these kids are looking at each other across a digital line and um, interacting face-to-face virtually. And do I have that correct? Is that kind of how that works? Definitely. We primarily have focused on kind of our North Star of a live video connection. So two classrooms connecting over video chat where the teachers usually are kind of guiding the exchange um, and then kids are coming up to the computer screen to take turns sharing, asking questions. through the expedition, we're building in a lot more flexibility with that. So while we still really care about that live video connection and the magic that that brings, 
we also want to provide opportunities to share things asynchronously to make it easier to connect throughout the day or across time zones so kids can share short little videos with each other and respond back and forth or create a piece of art that they can share with a partner class digitally and again kind of comment back and forth that way too. This makes me want to be 12 years old again. This sounds so cool. Um, <laughs> Annie, who are you? Who are some of the partners you're working with on this? For the expedition, our strategy has really been to double down on our partnerships pretty broadly. So we're working with ed tech partners like Wakelet, Flipgrid, Kahoot, um, giving teachers the opportunities to incorporate these tools that they've already know and love and that they might have leaned on a little bit more heavily through this past year into the Empatico experience. We also have content partners that are helping us to create activities around empathy and bridging differences, subject matter experts like code.org to build out some STEM and coding activities, and of course, partners like Connected Nation, who are helping us to build activities around digital citizenship and being kind in cyberspace. Expedition partners will continue to grow throughout the year um, as we explore new and engaging ideas like empathy film clubs or book clubs, collaborative podcasts. But again, we think of partnerships really broadly, and we're always seeking new collaborative opportunities to test and experiment new ideas and reach new communities. I will add that teachers are the most important partners in all of our work. So not only do we partner with teachers to create and test content this year, but one of our commitments this year will be really deepening our connections to our own teacher community, building out a community of ambassadors and, and more opportunities for teachers to connect with each other and learn from one another. If somebody wanted to take part in this or become a partner, how would they do that? Reach out to us. I think we're open. Travis and I spend most of our days every day <laughs> reaching out to partners, having these conversations. Um, again, I, I'm a relationship builder. I think let's see where we are. We kind of start and try to find where organizations can align. Um, and I think we, there's always what we do is is pretty universal. I think people can get behind what we do and we can find a place for you as a partner. So it's it's reaching out to Travis or I and we'll we'll find a place for you to connect to the Empatico world. And uh, Travis, uh, how do educators take part in this? All an educator needs to do is visit empatico.org, um, sign up for an Empatico account. If you are ready to connect with a partner class, you would just enter in some basic info about your classroom that I mentioned earlier around the age of your kids, what language you want to connect in, where you're located, and then you'll be matched via our algorithm and you can start exploring some of these activities you can do together with your partner teacher. Um, but also if you're maybe not quite ready to be matched just yet and you wanna dip your toes into the expedition, you can also try out any of the activities within your own classroom to help kids connect with each other and share stories and maybe make new friends at the beginning of the school year. Annie, what can we all do to help spread the word in your mind for, to help let others know about this and let our teachers, if we're a parent or if we're a student that's interested in this, how, how do we help spread the word about this? I love that question. Empatico is free. So any for all educators and always will be for educators. And we define educators broadly. So this could be a teacher, an after-school coordinator, a librarian, a tech specialist, administrator. So if you just spread the word, everyone is welcome to sign up and make an account on Empatico. You can check out our website that Travis already mentioned. Um, on social media, we'll be sharing hashtag Empatico Expedition if you want to be talking about the expedition, if you like what you see on the website. But also just share with your educators, share with your families. If you're a parent and a child is interested in this, ask, talk to your child's teacher because any teacher can access Empatico. And what do you hope to accomplish with this overall? Generally, I think we, we just want to create spaces for connection. Educators, kids alike, 
isolation during this time has been real. Um, connection, I think we've realized, is more important than ever. And we need this opportunity to reconnect, to infuse some joy back into the classroom, and then ultimately to build a more empathetic future generation. And when you talk about empathy for one another, for our fellow person, how would you each describe what that means to you? Like, What, for Annie, Annie, what, McCleary, what does that mean to you? Travis Hardy, empathy means this to me. What, what do you, what do you think? I can start. Um, I think at Empatico, we talk a lot about three types of empathy, um, emotional, cognitive, and behavioral. Emotional being that aspect of feeling what someone else is feeling when you see what they're going through. Cognitive being perspective taking or, or trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes based on their experiences or cultural background, beliefs, and preferences while also having the humility to recognize that this is really difficult to do and we need to practice curiosity towards others. And then finally, that behavioral piece of compassion, taking what we understand about that other person's feelings and emotions and situation and acting accordingly to help in a way that that person would appreciate, not necessarily what we think we would want or need. And prior to joining Empatico, I didn't really know as much about that last piece around compassion or behavioral empathy, tying into kind of a definition of empathy. And that has really resonated with me and how I can help and support and be there for others. And especially in this last year that has been difficult for so many. Travis, I love that so much. These are such basic but essential concepts. So when we're when these are lacking, I think as we've seen sometimes, like the very fabric of our society crumbles. I've always personally identified as an empath, but perhaps maybe the more emotional side of that. But this doesn't have to be a quality that you're born with. I think we can help students discover empathy, learn about themselves, about others. Empathy, kindness, and compassion are three little words that can really move mountains. Travis, can you share some stories about or one or two thoughts on how Empatico has really demonstrated some impact in the world? Absolutely. I think a first example that comes to mind are two educators, uh, Wendy and Olawashin, um, who are from Delaware and Nigeria, and they had been connecting for months asynchronously. So as I mentioned before, kind of sharing letters back and forth in a more kind of traditional pen pal format. But we were able to supply Olawashin's classroom in Nigeria with a, a MiFi hotspot to enable that live connection to actually happen. And it was just really magical for the kids when that finally happened. And I think as we see so often, some of the, the most engaging moments for kids is when they're able, to, they're able to see each other and do a dance together and just really experience the joy of that first connection. Um, and that one really came to mind given the work that Connected Nation does to equip people with that connectivity. Um, another that comes to mind this spring, we heard a lot from educators how much it meant to their students to join a video call with their partner class and see that they were wearing masks too and that they weren't alone in this pandemic and that they were all doing their part to look after their communities and be safe. Um, and last, I would highlight our Empathy Across the USA program that we launched last spring, where we connected about 80 classrooms in the U.S. across racial differences. We kind of tweaked our matching algorithms such that 
all of these participants, all majority white classrooms were paired with majority non-white classrooms. And together they did different activities to explore their own identities. They read books together about cross-racial friendships, um, then explored issues of inequity or maybe inequalities within their own schools and communities to jointly raise awareness around issues that they were passionate about. And through program evaluation, we found that teachers reported that their students were more compassionate after the program. Um, so we're really excited to hopefully expand on that work soon. I would think that there is something to be said when you do peer-to-peer, that hearing it from a, another person who is 12 or 6 or 7, rather than an adult telling you it's so, must make a, a world of difference. For sure. Um, absolutely. Um, really, in the last several years, we've seen lots of di- division and more social isolation, thanks in part to politics, the pandemic. What can we all learn from this work? How can we apply it to our lives as adults? In other words, learn a little bit from what the kids are going through. Annie, I'm going to pose this one for you. I think the, we, we learn from the kids. I think the kids are the models for us, I think, in this case. I think when you can actually see these interactions like Travis just talked about that's happening in the ca- classroom, it's we get so caught up in our own lives, I think, so often that it's seeing how kids can do this just with these open minds, these open hearts, and connect with one another, have genuine conversations that they are truly excited to have with partners all around the world. I think that we have to kind of remember that they can sometimes be the model for us. But also I'd say that by participating in Empatico, teachers are really being proactive in who they are connecting with. They are taking this upon themselves to seek out Empatico, to seek a partner teacher, who they're working with, building their own empathy. And I deeply respect their educators in this work. Okay, I could talk to you both all day and ask for more stories because I really enjoy this and I'm excited about this particular project. But um, before I let you go, uh, I would like to hear from each of you what you would love to see happen as a result of the work with Empatico and in particular, the Great Empatico Expedition. Perhaps, Annie, you could start and then Travis, you can end this. You could, you could send us out. Sure. I think it's generally, it's been a tough year. I think we've all known that. There's a lot that we have to learn from. We've been combating isolation. Um, Children have had a tough time, but we have the solution at our fingertips. Not saying that we're solving all the world problems with Empatico, but we have a simple tool that kids can access um, help them connect. It's, it's, it's the airplane <laughs> in their, in their own computer. They can travel the world. They can make friendships. Um, I just hope we're, that we're providing people with a simple tool that they can use that transports them around the world to make friends. I still remember my first pen pal, a girl from the UK who told me about this group called the Spice Girls that hadn't yet come to the US. And I want a person to remember their Empatico experience and share that story that decades later. And just reiterating what Annie shared. I think in the year ahead, especially having heard from teachers how much it meant to their students last spring to connect with another class and see that they weren't alone in this pandemic, um, especially for kids who've been disproportionately impacted. I hope for more of those types of connections this school year to combat isolation and to really help kids and teachers alike um, discover hope together for a better future. Um, We have one new activity we'll be launching called Undercover Kindness Champions, where kids will secretly perform acts of kindness towards others within their classroom and for their partner classmates. And I hope that through experiences like that activity, we'll build a growing movement towards compassion, connection, and empathy. Well, can't say much better than that. I really appreciate you both for taking your time to join us today. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thanks, Jessica.
Again, we've been talking today with Travis Hardy, who is the Director of Programs and Partnerships for Empatico, and Annie Cleary, who serves as Empatico's Senior Manager of Partnerships and Outreach. To learn more about Empatico, head to Empatico.org. I'll also include links to Empatico's websites and resources in the description of this podcast. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to ConnectedNation.org or look for the latest episodes on, of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify. <laughs>